Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co-host, Corey Len of Corey Stiggs. How are you doing today, Corey? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm feeling all right. Getting Knocking some, some posts, getting some stuff done, uh, feeling a little bit accomplished, you know, um, not having so much on my plate. You know, when you have those long lists yeah. to do and you can't get them all done. Yeah, I'm I sure. know. I'm, I'm, I've been having that for about two straight months now. And I'm super excited because I finally finally cleared my slate where I can just mute my phone and everyone online and messages and jam away on my report. So nice. Yeah. Feels good to get some stuff done and being able to move on to the next thing. So one Mm. thing that, uh, that I just got done was funding the control grid part two. We're going to go through that today a little bit in depth but we're going to also, um, I know that you wanted to talk a little bit about things that we have going on that are in the pipeline um, that'll be coming out in February or soon. And then also we have uh, another article to talk about. And this was third, kind of a fun article to put together about yep. 30 ways the quote unquote experts have been coming up with excuses on the rise in heart attacks, everything but the COVID jab, of course. So, um, and then we'll probably- 30 good ones, that's for sure. Yes, yeah. And (laughs) uh, we'll throw in some, you know, funny things as well. I think we were going to throw in this clip that we just saw of AOC today acting like- Oh my God, it's so cringy. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to play that. (laughs) I just feel awkward, like, like, so cringy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got, so I just wanted to, to, so we got, you're working on part three, which is the part I'm really, really looking forward to um, because I'm still working in some areas of that is on the food framework. Right. So uh, that's going to be a really key one. And then we've got Elsa Van Hamlin coming back on the 17th to go over her bombshell report um, that she wrote for uh, Solari report and that has to do again with lab-grown meat we had her on before but uh this is she's gone more in depth than anyone i know as far as pulling all of this together and she gets into the actual processing of it and it's incredibly disturbing so this is information you don't really see out there um so i'm excited to get her back on to go over that and then I have uh, two great episodes coming out this month um, on the solution series. So on the 14th, we've got protecting your family's assets through wills and trusts with Ann Christensen, who's wonderful. And then on February 28th, we have protecting your home and real estate assets with Marie McDonald, who's also fantastic. So those are a couple of great ones coming out. It's all about protecting your family and your assets and your, you know, so kind of the theme of the month awesome awesome yeah looking forward to that and um the solution series you guys have just been killing it lately with some great episodes on real ways for people to kind of take control back i think that people just generally feel like god what what can i do about all these huge issues well there are certain things that we can do in our own lives and so the solution series offers a lot of really awesome tips on that yeah, we've had some great guests. Yeah, good job. 
All right. So I thought we'd roll into something just kind of funny uh, to start with. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into this intense report and then we'll move back to funny when we get into the uh, heart attack report, which really isn't funny, but it is funny when you see what these people, you know, so-called experts are saying. Right, exactly. So just the setup to this is, uh, of course, AOC is very upset that Elon Omar has been kicked off the Foreign Affairs Committee. And so she wants to uh, protest on the House floor. And it's just good comedy. <laughs> so we're just going to roll that. Here we go. Don't tell me that this is about an abdic a, a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks when you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have, who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology when my life was threatened. Thank you. Don't <laughs> <laughs> you wonder how long she practiced this and then still managed to screw it up but the but the arm flailing is just oh my gosh i know it's so how fake awkward. so fake but uh, yeah this is all about women of color right nothing to right, do yeah. with oh yes everything's about racism eating potato chips is about racism i mean we should we could do a whole article on that too edge like right on heart attacks we should do one for that right i know <sighs> no more aunt Jemima maple syrup i mean my gosh remember when they started all that a couple of years back yep i remember unbelievable yeah all right so let's get into this intense one here um but intense but oh so very important and once again we really need to share this with our local legislators because i guarantee you they have not looked through the 6,000 pages like Edge has to see exactly where our money is going. Nope. And I dare I, I dare to say they didn't even bother to figure out what they've been doing with our tax dollars in the past, right? right? Like we've proven what they've done with it and the, yeah. the history of these agencies and organizations. So we're going to talk about funding the control grid part two. This is the psychological framework, and the purpose of this report is really to just connect the dots of agencies and organizations that have contributed to a psychological control grid. And what I mean by that is psyops, narrative control, indoctrination, and even weaponization of the mental health care system. Mm -hmm. So through this report, I show how these agencies and organizations have used our taxpayer dollars to build this control grid in the past. And this is proven. Um, and I show how new funding through the omnibus and the NDAA will expand that control control grid in the future. So I go through the background on each of these areas of the psychological control grid. For example, the psychological operations. I talk about the long history of the intelligence community and all the psychological operations they've done from MTK Ultra to Project Monarch and even interrogation pr practices through, say, for example, the Kubark Counterintelligence Manual. I mean, they have perfected the the art of psychological operations and oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and we know this through documents, FOIA documents. I mean, there's just a wealth of information out there on the different operations that they've run in the past. Um, I talk about how in particular one study that was done by Stanley Milgram, and this has come up recently because it really is eerily similar to what we're seeing now. And this study done by Milgram was all about obedience to authority. And it was really creepy that the test was testing the willingness of subjects to apply increasingly painful and dangerous shocks to what they believe is another subject if they were coerced by someone who appeared to be an authority figure wearing a white lab coat. Now, does this seem like a test that we're going Mm. through now? Well, during this test, they figured out that about 65% of the population or two thirds of the people tested were willing to shock their counterpart subjects at potentially lethal voltage levels killing them essentially you know or or wow. possibly killing them right how did they it was coerce on stage them to do that how did they coerce them to do that they simply had a figure wearing a white lab coat that appeared to be an authorita- authoritative figure coercing them like you must move forward you must continue to do this that kind of thing and so they actually Dude. did just under that simple coercion by someone wow. who appeared to be an authority figure. And just recently in an interview, Robert Kennedy Jr. remarked quite poignantly about how we're actually just living through a huge Milgram experiment right mm. now with Anthony Fauci and his white lab coat, right? <laughs> right. So, um, but then I also talk about how um, for example, uh, the intelligence community um, running tabletop exercises for pandemic preparedness and sponsored in part by the intelligence community and how these these exercises were not to prepare for a pandemic, but to exploit pandemics for the purpose mm-hmm. of imposing totalitarianism, including mass censorship, lockdowns, etc., So um, I get into more details about that. And then I get into the history of these agencies and organizations with narrative control. I mean, at this point, we have troves of emails and documents now through leaks, lawsuits, Twitter files, etc., that prove that not only are health agencies, but the intelligence apparatus including we're, we're talking about the DHS, the FBI, CISA, even the White House and many others were all involved in censorship of the American people over COVID, elections, the Hunter Biden laptop, you name it. And this is all provable with their own documents. It's indisputable at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So I get into the details oh. about that and link all of these documents. As for the indoctrination programs, um, mm-hmm. I don't... <laughs> where do we begin? Where do we start? There's another article we could do, Edge. We could just do a bullet point list of indoctrination programs. Yes, because there's Good so Lord. many. Yeah. And so I talk about how for decades, actually, they've been using our tax- taxpayer dollars mm-hmm. to fund the indoctrination of our children. 
on everything from gender and sexuality agendas to Marxist agendas through the guise of so-called, you know, diversity, equity, and, and inclusion, as well as cell programs, which I don't think get talked about enough. Cell programs are the social emotional learning programs. And you talked about this quite extensively in your yeah. report on uh, Alert 2030 Psychological Agenda Obedience Training. And that's really what this is, is an obedience training, it's indoctrination, and it's a way to insert sort of woke woke ideologies as well, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, that report was a beast. It was, <laughs> it was nine parts long for anyone who hasn't re read it. Um, I'm trying to think, did Darius do, did I do, did he do an audio on this one? I don't think he did. Um, but we've talked about it in past podcasts. Um, it's, it's such a critical report because the problem is, is the language, as you know, gets changed over time. And so it gets fluffed up and people don't know what's what. And, and then they, they hear suddenly hear this term social emotional learning, which has actually been a term that, you know, goes back a decade or two, but it just, in the last few years, they really catapulted this and pushed it through the department of education with tons of funding going out to all States. And the thing is, is it's, it's so there's this narrow focus on it, kind of like critical race theory, this very narrow focus, but but there's a much bigger enchilada going on here. I mean, we've got, yeah, this is my little diagram I put together with the Rockefellers that um, created this while at the Fetzer Institute. And, and, and it gets into the, there's a whole spiritual aspect to this, uh, a religious, uh, non-religious um, sort of cult-like uh angle to this that's in one of the chapters that I cover and uh it's 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 all about training from pre-kindergarten till death right yeah all mm -hmm. the way up through adulthood but not just in the schools and it's not it's not a uh specific curriculum so much as completely embedded in throughout the school day Right. Um, having to do more with their, you know, conditioning their behaviors and their traits and how they think and how they assess. And, um, and so it then carries over into after school programs and daycares and, and business, mm -hmm. you know, they're moving it into the workplace. And so this is a whole brainwashing system where they want a, a digital workforce, and they want a very obedient digital workforce. So danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This it's... Is, if people haven't read it. They, they definitely need to read it because not only is this happening to your children in schools, um, but this is moving into the workplace. It's already, you know, it's deeply seated in colleges. We see how hard they push the, um, you know, college students to become activists for their agendas. And right. Yeah. It's, it's cradle to grave. And what I love about this is that your report lines up perfectly with the report that I just did, because 
we're seeing not only the past of what they've funded, but what they're currently funding now in these cell programs. And so people need to really have their eyes on these cell programs because it's not one of those trigger words where uh, people hear CRT and they, their ears, you know, right. per perk up. They need to do the same with cell programs. It's, a, it's as insidious, if not more, than CRT programs, right? Oh, way more. CRT is like a molehill. This is this is like the whole giant culmination, and CRT is like one aspect that kind of falls underneath this. And if people go through here, they'll see I list a whole timeline. I list, I think it's 580 players involved in this, because um, I'm a little insane. And I and I list, you know, the keywords to look for, the types of documents and forms they're trying to hand out to your children. Uh, all kinds of really key information. And of course, I get into the funding and there's links directly to your state so you can see what's happening in your area. So it's it's really critical info. Yeah, definitely. So going back to uh, my report, I talk a bit about um, the cell programs, what's been funded and link to your report. I also talk about um, the gender agenda Mm -hmm. um, and the indoctrination of that since at least 2010 um, and link that to your report as well that you've done on the transgender agenda, but how they're incorporating that in three ways in schools. First, by teaching it. Secondly, by giving kids access to it. And thirdly, by providing a quote unquote safe, supportive environment to mm -hmm. implement these programs. Mm -hmm. And what they mean by safe, supportive environment is really that they're going to teach it. They're going to give kids access to it and they're not going to let the parents know anything about it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that that's that's another uh, huge one that so that one I did a four part series on. And that's a timeline that I took back to the 1950s. Uh, to show the involvement, and I get into some of the players and the funding and that as well. Um, but I don't think, you know, I, when did I publish that? Was it uh, 2019? 2019, yeah. I don't, you know, prior to that, I was even putting out warnings just because I could see, I could see the the culmination of how far they were going to take this and the money that was being made on the puberty blockers, and um, and that's when I dug in and found that. Planned Parenthood was like the second largest distributor of these uh, by prescription of these puberty blockers and just got into the whole um, the manufactured industry and the reasons why they they you know how puberty blockers came about and how they um, you know which the Sock Institute's very involved in and why they then changed it over you know I mean this was very strategically planned. Um, and, and then, then the various, of course, hospitals and clinics out there that I don't think at that time people realized how many were really out there and trying to start as young as three-year-olds, getting them transitioned, you know, through the hormones. And then by the time they're, um, before they were even teenagers, you know, some of them would start with the whole transition surgery. And so we have seen uh, since then, I mean, I've, I've had some people that work with legislators, um, 
email me and ask me questions about this. And as well as the cell one, actually, those are kind of the two main reports that they've used uh, with to help back up their, you know, uh, how do I put it? When they're trying to put legislation through, they needed documentation and um because we've seen this, we've seen this battle now where you've got states coming out and saying you can't do the puberty blockers or there's no transitioning. You know, it's a crime now if you try to transition under, you know, or surgery, transition surgery like under 18. Or So we're starting to see states fight against this and recognize the, the dangers of this. But once again, you know, what is it about? We know what it's about. And we need to create as much confusion and strip away people's identities and get them to be more obedient and remove the male, female gender and on and on it goes all the way up through transhumanism. Right. Exactly. That's and, and it's a major, major moneymaker for them. Absolutely. Well. Mm-hmm. It is a hundred percent a major moneymaker for them. So I talk about that as far as the indoctrination that has been going on already right? Massive funding from our government. Mm -hmm. Our taxpayer dollars. And then I get into the weaponization of mental health. And I show Mm -hmm. how big pharma has influenced the manufacturing of a massive market for mental health care medications to the point now where we have one in four Americans currently on prescriptions for mental health. So that's insane. Um, So last I talk about how this gender affirming healthcare model is considered at this point by all of the big wig medical societies to be mental health care and that they're actually implementing this kind of quote unquote mental health care in schools well also just a quick note um another reason for that is because recently i think it was over the past year oh where was it i remember reading i believe it was either through the white house or the federal register where they were allowed to apply under uh or protected under the disabilities act right So while they're trying to make it all trendy and glamorous, they're also at the same time saying you have a disability and there's a mental health issue. It's really twisted. Right. It's a way of locking people into the system and making Mm -hmm. them dependent. Yep. And so I go through all of these examples um, about that. And then fast forward, and here we are now, having passed a $1.7 trillion budget for 2023. And these very agencies that have been proven to participate in the psychological control grid are each getting a boost in funding. So if history is any indicator, then we know they're going to use those taxpayer dollars to expand that control grid. I mean, if you look at it, I have it broken down into sort of narrative control agencies that we know these these agencies in particular have participated in narrative control. Well, let's let's just go ahead and tell people what like how many billions are we talking for each agency here? Because this okay. is you know. so. 
CDC, for example, receives 9.2 billion. This is an increase of 70, 760 million. CISA, who's also uh, been involved in censorship, 2.9 billion, an increase of 313 million. DHS, also involved in censorship, 60.7 billion, an increase of 3.2 billion. DOJ, uh, 38.5 billion, an increase of 3.3 billion. FBI, known to uh, censor American citizens got 11.3 billion an increase of 569 million it goes on and on each yeah, look of them at how getting much an that increase is. look at how much that is for the doj i mean when we're looking at all of these different numbers here holy crap they're they're like in the top three for the most amount of coin <laughs> right <laughs> right how are they going to use that against Mil- us? military intelligence programs requested 26.6 billion right so so with the intelligence programs what i've discovered is that on the details of their appropriations and legislation those are classified so we don't get to Mm -hmm. see Mm -hmm. uh, the details of that but the odni the office of director of national intelligence is required to release the aggregate so like the total amount that they got in funding but only after 30 days of, after the, the fiscal year has passed. So at this point, we only know what they requested, but I can guarantee you they got they got what they requested, right? Mm-hmm. So U.S. Agency for Global Media, $875 million. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And then I get into the agencies and organizations involved in indoctrination, such as the Department of Education, $79.6 billion. An increase of $3.2 billion, and I break that down a little bit into the K-12 through programs, the higher education, and so on. Wow. Um, and then the mental health care system organization. Well, Title X, Family Planning, mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood, it's getting $286 million. They're still getting their coin. Yep, yep, they are. And so this is the point where I dive into the legislation in each of these key areas about narrative control, indoctrination, and the mental health care system. So for narrative control, they're funneling billions into state-run media and so-called democracy programs. And this is for propaganda and for combating whatever they consider to be disinformation, as well as supporting regime changes and coups, literally coups around the world through organizations like the National Endowment for Democracy, as well as USAID, which both have very close ties to the CIA. Okay, so they're giving tens of millions of dollars to the FBI and U.S. attorneys under the DOJ, specifically to prosecute January 6th defendants and investigate domestic terrorism in order to prop up that lie that Uh, white nationalism and domestic extremism is the biggest threat to national security. Also, I didn't know about this group, but I found out about it through this research. Um, Yeah, so they recently created a new center called the Social Media Data and Threat Analysis Center. Okay. So this this was created through the the NDAA in 2020. 
went under Ooh. the radar. Okay. It was established as a new center. They've been working on it, getting it ramped up over these years. The 2023 NDAA talks about their plans for it. Okay. So in the 2023 NDAA, they're calling for the director of national intelligence to come up with a plan within 90 days to get this department operational. And this Ooh plan has to include details on how this center is going to coordinate with big tech companies on what kind of data to collect. Um, And so it's all about consolidating and streamlining their surveillance and censorship efforts across all of the intelligence community. Wow. Yeah. So we need to have our eyes on that one. Social Media Data and Threat Analysis Center is what it's called. Okay. Lovely. So as for indoctrination initiatives, um, people need to understand, and we talked about this just a little while ago, is that when they see SEL programs, S-E-L programs, social emotional learning programs, those are 100% designed to indoctrinate our kids. So the department and of Ed- adults and adults, yes, but mm-hmm. this is specifically talking about the education system and the funding that they got. So the Department of Education is getting 18.4 billion for mm-hmm. Title One grants, and this is an mm-hmm. increase of 850 million. And what people need to understand is that cell programs are eligible for Title I grants. Okay, so when they say Title I grants, they're just saying we're funding the, you know, cell programs mostly because look, the head of the Department of Education, and you talked about this in your cell um, report, Mm -hmm. um, is he's made it very clear that cell programs are a top priority for this administration, has he not? Oh yeah, oh yeah. The ties between these people, I tell you. Yeah, and not only that, but the Omnibus specifically um, provides continued support for cell initiatives, giving them additional funding um, to the tune of 300 plus million on top Mm. of that. So um, tons of talk. We're talking potentially a billion. Mm -hmm. Yes, the whole child approach and our One Health Future in our mm-hmm. one world government, yes. Yeah, using obedience training, emo- emotional and behavioral modification, indoctrination of key buzzwords like diversity, equity, inclusion, gender identity, social justice, global citizenship, yeah. all that digital, good stuff. And digital citizenship. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so another area people need to watch out for is American history and civics programs, because, oh, you think, oh, American history, that's great. We want our kids to know about American history, of course, right? The real history, though, not the stuff written in books. Okay. But this is why we need to watch out for it, because this is where they sneak in the CRT indoctrination under the guise of diversity, equity, and and inclusion. And we know this because the Department of Education in 2021 proposed a rule for this particular program, the American History and Civics Programs, to incorporate things like the 1619 Project and quote-unquote anti-racist practices into teaching. So this is an old theory. This is actually what they've said they're going to do or want to do, right? Yeah. 
And so this program is receiving $23 million, an increase of $15 million, or in other words, three times the budget they received last year. Wow. So, um, and we know several states have banned CRT and many others are in the legislative process process, but as Project Veritas just exposed before their Pfizer report, this expose before that was mm-hmm. about how in, even in states that have banned CRT, CRT yeah. programs are still getting funding because they're masquerading as diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. Yep. Yep. These, yep. these people are sneaky sly. Yep. And they don't like that we're reporting on this. People don't know, but I was completely booted out of this and had to use three browsers to get back in. And I did not <laughs> lose internet. They do not like us talking about this, Edge. No. So, hello, FBI. Hello, CIA, NSA. Hi. Hello. Uh, hi, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, so... Then I get into the weaponization of the mental health care system. And what I want to tell you that I noticed after diving into the omnibus is that there is a huge focus on mental health care and this massive piece of legislation. It's like one of their top initiatives. And 10 billion you have here, at least 10 billion. Yep. Yep. And so um, one area and that I wanted to, to talk about is that, well, first of all, people may say, look, you know, that they're focusing on mental health because we have this huge mental health crisis, right, on our mm-hmm. hands. And that's true, but that they created exactly. So I find <laughs> out in the background of this report, you know, who created the huge mental health crisis? Have mm-hmm. they made it better or worse? And who benefited from exploiting the mental health crisis, right? I mean, these are the questions that we must ask instead of just assuming they actually care about our mental health. Right. And and so one important thing um, to note about the omnibus legislation is that there's several high level projects to coordinate and consolidate across the entire federal government on their response to mental health Much in the same way they're streamlining their response to the so-called public health emergencies. And this should raise red flags and concerns for everyone, considering the tyranny they imposed in response to COVID. What kind of policies would they impose under the guise of, quote unquote, mental health crisis? And that's a legitimate question. Oh, yeah, especially since they're already saying they want doctors to start asking people, giving them forms to fill out as asking their if they're depressed or having anxiety and what their mental health status is when they're going in for a broken finger. That's completely irrelevant. They want everyone asking this now. So they they want to start tracking this. So 100%. people beware. Don't don't give up any information that's unnecessary. Right. I mean, for example, here. Um, They just established through the omnibus legislation an interdepartmental serious mental illness coordinating committee. And these are not low level people. This is comprised Uh. of the secretary of HHS. Okay. The assistant secretary for mental health and substance abuse. Okay. Well, now we're involving what the attorney general. 
the secretary of veteran affairs wait the, the secretary of defense the secretary of hud the secretary of education secretary oh, of labor administrator for medicare and medicaid administrator for community living commissioner of social security wow. and this committee is tasked with evaluating advancements in research of serious mental illnesses and federal programs to address them and then providing recommendations across all of the federal government all federal agencies to better coordinate mental health services for children and adults with serious mental illnesses or emotional disturbances. That's going to roll through NIH and uh, the National Science Foundation. You watch. Yep. Sure well, and, and of course, DARPA. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, who are we kidding? So the next area I talk about is how they're focusing on scaling up and integrating primary health care with mental health care. And people may say, well, of course, we need more health care workers. We have a shortage of health care workers. But why? Why do we have that shortage? Well, it's because all of the health care workers that were fired or lost their jobs due to right. COVID mandates. So they're going to be replacing all these workers with doctors and nurses that are going to comply and then they're integrating um, mental health care with primary care, and they're calling it integrated care or the psychiatric collaborative care model. And this is sort of like a one-stop shop for all your mental and physical needs, right? I mean, we already have one in four wow. Americans on mental health care medications currently, but that's not enough for big pharma and the captured agencies. They want more of us to be controlled, docile, dependent on them, right? Psychiatric collaborative care model. Wow. Yeah, yeah I don't like this. Mm -mm. This is why I don't go to doctors <laughs> unless I break a foot or something. You know, Find a good one. Find some good <laughs> doctors that aren't into all of this, right? Right. Okay. Good. Now, this is where I start getting concerned. This is important. The mental health programs for kids. Okay. So they're putting hundreds of millions of dollars into this. For example, and this is just one example, um, the Department of Education is receiving $111 million for school-based mental health programs. And this includes for training psychologists. And as we've uh, discussed, um, this is a huge red flag as we discussed already, how all of these psychological mm -hmm. agencies have already determined that gender affirming care is mental health care that should be implemented even in schools. So here they are getting $100 million for school-based mental health programs, this is a vehicle and, and to you, provide gender-affirming care. You've got some states trying to put through legislation um, where children as young as, you know, 11, 12 years old can make these decisions without parental consent. Yep, like California, for example, which has already done that. Um, mm -hmm. We've already, through FOIA documents, determined that schools in California have connected with some sort of community health care system that provides gender affirming care under the guise of mental health care. Yeah, in other and, words, they can they can take puberty blockers to alter their hormones to, you know, if they stay on them long enough, it'll all ultimately sterilize them. And no parental consent needed. It's unbelievable. 
Yep, they are training school psychologists, staff, so-called behavioral and mental health intervention teams. And this is all to provide whatever they deem to be appropriate so-called mental health care for our kids while they are in school, right? And in some states, this is without parents knowing about it. For I gave California as an example. There may be others where they already have a law established where a 12-year-old um, has to pr first provide consent for their parents to be informed of the health care that they receive in schools. Huh. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. I'm just reading some of this language, the intervention teams, uh, you know, they use the word intervention a lot <laughs> throughout, throughout numerous things I've researched. They really like that word. Yeah. They're just going to intervene in our lives and make it all better. Don't you worry. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> uh, the rest of, the, of this report really kind of breaks down sort of subgroups. They put a lot of funding into substance abuse, partnered with mental health programs. They're expanding mental health programs for subgroups like in maternal health and Medicare and Medicaid, Native mm -hmm. Americans, and veterans. They want everybody locked into this system right? Oh, yeah. One way or another. They want to know how you're thinking, what you're thinking, where you're sharing what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. And that gets to the mental and behavioral research. So lastly, I just wanted to say that they're focused on brain research and people could say, well, of course, you know, we need to find ways to eliminate illnesses. And yes, that's true. But considering how the medical industrial complex has been weaponized against us since COVID, and frankly, even before that, yeah. what we need to ask is, you know, how will brain research be weaponized against us? How does this research fulfill their transhumanist agenda? And how is it going to be used to control free will, right? Oh, yeah. It's the name of the game. So, for example, here, uh, the National Institute of Mental Health, they are the world's largest funder of mental disorder research, and they received through the omnibus $2.34 and this is an increase of $121 million from last year. Yeah, goodness. Yeah, so just to wrap this report up, I think... Here, wait, that but, be but before you go past this, so... The fourth bullet, um, the secretary of HHS is mandated to conduct a study of the effects on the emotional, behavioral, and physical development of adolescents who use smartphones and social media. Sounds great, but okay. Also must conduct a study on the mental health and cognitive development of infants, children, and adolescents who use various technologies, including mobile devices, computers, and video games. Okay. Sounds great because we already know. I mean, we don't even really need to conduct a study. We have all been observing and witnessing firsthand what's going on here. The reason they're going to do these studies is to determine the best ways to manipulate the minds of the adolescents and children. Uh, yeah, to, how, how better to, to target them through social exactly, media. Exactly. They've already been doing this. I mean, I already covered some of this funding in uh, Cell through mobile devices and and um, listening to music, which we already know they mess with the frequencies. Uh, they target 
individuals um, on a mass scale, but on an individual basis. So, so this is not, you know, pretty much when you read what these people are doing, when you know where the money is going to and who's essentially controlling these um, surveys and studies, you just got to read in the opposite of what they're saying. <laughs> That's yeah, the yeah. best way to get to the bottom of it. Right. The inverse of what they're saying, just like how yes. they love to title their bills. <laughs> it's always the opposite of what they're actually doing. I know. I know. The inflation reduction act. Okay. I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, just to kind of wrap this whole thing up in a nutshell and where do we go from here? Because I think this is, can be overwhelming for people and they're like, well, what do I do? But there are things that we can do. The first thing that we have to do is just simply acknowledge that we're being subjected to fifth generation psychological warfare by our oh. own government using our own taxpayer dollars, mm -hmm. right? And and expanding our um, national debt to $31 trillion, yeah. But, but secondly, we need to pressure our representatives to defund as much of this as possible. But we're not going to wait for that to happen because we know how the process works. We know how corrupt the system is, right? So yeah. in the meantime, we need to work on taking back the narrative uh, by fighting information, by right. getting information like this to out to as many people as possible. We also need to be working on building new systems, first to educate our kids through homeschooling or other alternatives, just to avoid this indoctrination system because that is all it's le that's left of it now. Yeah. And then secondly, in the area of the medical systems, we need to build new medical systems that actually do focus on mental and physical well-being instead of just keeping us sick and funding big pharma absolutely so there's still a lot of work to do but we have the power to do it and the first thing starts with just acknowledging where we're at and how much of this system is really built against us and you know what as much as it feels like the ball is in their court it's really in our court because if we don't uh go along with what they want if we pull our kids out if we refuse to, to fill out forms or give up information or hop on that, you know, download that app or use that um, credit card payment. Or, you know, if we refuse these things, they can't make it happen. And especially when it comes to companies and corporations that, you know, big box stores, they're relying on your money to stay alive and for their business to thrive so if, if we don't give them the information and we don't um and we're not obedient and we don't fund them they have to drop it and of course they're going to move on you know they've got their playbooks so oh, let's turn the page and try this one now let's turn the page and try this one and we're watching several of their of the things they're trying to push fail um so it's important to keep that in perspective because I can't tell you how many times I'll see like negative pessimistic comments in threads online where they're, you know, saying, well, this is impossible and this is that, and this is never going to happen and da, da, da. And well, okay. 
then then why are you even on here? Then throw in the towel. Why are you even paying attention anymore? If if we are going into the apocalypse and we're all going to burn to ashes, then why are you even paying attention? Go enjoy your life. Go go for a swim in the ocean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it. And everybody gets blackpilled from time to time, but that's when yeah. you need need to check out for a little bit and reevaluate. But then get back in the fight because really in this fifth generation warfare that we're in, it is all about psychological warfare. It is winning the information war and no way we're going to do it unless everybody's out there participating, sharing real true information that contradicts their narrative. And 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 the federal government, it is toast and it is theater. I'll be the first one to say that. No problem. I agree 100% on that. It's it's local level stuff that can still be done and that is being done, but more so it's it's that's not that's distraction. That's not where this is coming from. This is coming from the globalists, the central bankers, the blood families that go way way back that are working behind the scenes and pulling the strings of all these puppets. Right. You know? That's mm-hmm. what we're really battling against here. Yep. And so if we do, like I was just saying, you know, don't, don't buy into that next trend or that, you know, pick and choose your battles. And when you see like, personally, I know there's a lot of good people fighting the indoctrination in the school system. I, I just, I personally feel like everyone needs to get their kids out of school immediately, but you know, that would that it's just like everyone needs to stop funding the government and paying the IRS mafia. Uh, there's things that could completely, completely shut down their agendas overnight. If everyone pulls all their money out of the big banks, stop right. paying taxes, pull all your kids out of school. Boom. Game over. Yeah. But a lot of people don't, you know, they're too scared to do that because they keep intimidating everyone. It is. It's control by fear. Perpetual, perpetual emergencies. So speaking of perpetual emergencies. um, (laughs) And control by fear. (laughs) The current perpetual emergency that we've been under for three years, which Biden announced will officially be over, what is it, in in May, I guess. Oh, my goodness. Is that before or after the big WHO meeting on the pandemic tree? Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway 30 more so- ways to die from a heart attack we're just gonna rattle off these 30 because it's 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 astounding it truly is with um what they have managed to put out and, and a lot of these are new and then some of them are are being recycled so this is really it's it's tragic we're losing so many people over this covid jab and um of course the so-called experts are covering this up and so it's it's really it's sad but it's humorous uh at what they are coming up with and many of these uh well some of them have been recycled but a lot of these are things that have just created they've created out of thin air in the last two years so i'm just going to read through these real quick we got climate climate change affects heart health New highly reactive chemical in Earth's atmosphere triggering heart diseases and, of course, contributing to global warming. Hotter nights and and increased risk of death from heart disease. Millions at risk from humid weather. Cold weather can cause blood clots and heart attacks. Shoveling snow could cause sudden death. 
solar storms causing thousands of heart-related deaths each year. Daylight savings may increase. <laughs> Sorry, I just this one kills me. Okay? Daylight savings may increase chance of heart disease and strokes. We are in stroke season. Any teenager can have a heart attack. That's their words. Any teenager can have a heart attack. Okay. Great way to scare people. Heart attacks striking fit and healthy young women. Lonely older women at greater risk of heart attack. Taller people may have a higher risk. It's COVID, not the jab, linked to spike in heart attacks. Physical activity may increase heart attack risk. Happy heart syndrome, that's one of my all-time favorites. Even positive stress can affect the heart. Pandemic stress leading to heart attacks. Energy bill price rises may cause heart attack and strokes. Flight delays increase risk of silent killers. Being sarcastic, we would be dead 10 times over by now. Being sarcastic puts you at greater risk of a heart attack. Goodness. Do you live under a flight path? You may be at risk of a heart attack. Falling asleep with the TV on could bring early death. Excitement-induced heart attack while watching a movie. Anti-vax misinformation on social media maybe causing more deaths and side effects. It's it's all our fault. Right. Video games may trigger rare heart attacks in kids. Shower habits could take the blame for heart attacks. It's, co- how do you say that? Commodio cordis. Commodio cordis, not the jab that's causing athletes to collapse. Gardeners are at an increased risk of killer heart disease. Eggs are linked to risk of blood clots. That's the newest one came out that came out while we're in our uh, massive fire destroying the giant commercial egg farm. And oh my gosh, the culling of more than 40 million egg laying hens over a blurred bird flu scare. And now we've got all these reports coming out. I've had a lot of people tell me that, you know, they did, they just switched the feed or they, they, you know, to a local feed supply or their own scrap food. And they started laying eggs. So obviously there's something going on that's not being investigated and we wonder why. But we don't wonder why. And number 30, heart attack. Does skipping breakfast increase your heart risk? I mean, this is just unbelievable. So pretty much it doesn't matter what (laughs) season it is. It could be hot or cold. It doesn't matter if you're healthy or sick. It doesn't matter if you're young or old or what kind of mood you're in happy laughing or sad (laughs) in any case they have an excuse for it other than the most obvious one Mm -hmm. that's the point of this article which i think it really (laughs) we hit it home and yes we we added humor to it and we're not laughing about people having heart attacks we're laughing at the media and the experts and their Mm -hmm. ridiculous explanations to try to cover for the art obvious increase in heart attacks due to the COVID job. So, right. so you get a little bit of, of a giggle when you read this one. I yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Oh boy. Okay. So now that I've been booted out twice and had to get back in here, it's a wrap. we made it through we made it through and it's gonna air whether they like it or not that's right that's right all right guys well thanks for watching today here on dig it please be sure to share this podcast we're on bit shoot foxhole gab tv iheart radio 
Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, no longer on YouTube. So please subscribe to our other channels and we will see you back next time right here on Dig It.